difficult, 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 I just want be roller skating. Roller skating. Katie is going to a roller skating camp in Spain, Malaga, Spain. I spent my whole day. Um, <laughs> I spent a whole day lubricating my ball bearings. <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> I think that's so freaking cool, Katie. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So anyway, I just had to say that. Yeah, so picture Spain. this, y'all, listening to this podcast. Katie is somewhere in Spain, just flying through Spain on some roller, roller skating through Spain. Yep. Uh, but if you didn't know this, I'm Marie. I'm Katie. And you're listening to Difficult Women Podcast. The it's- number one podcast in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people you'll meet in Spain and you'll tell them about oh our podcast God. and then our, our numbers are going to spike in Spain. We're going to be traveling to Spain all the time. Oh my God, please. Yeah, let's make please. it happen. It's we're all also- on you. No no pressure. Yep, no problem. I got it. Uh, <laughs> also, we're in a band called Reformed Whores. If That's you right. Heard, so you should listen to that too. Why not? Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of Reformed Whores, mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump right into this. Is it? Is that cool? Yeah. 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 I'm still thinking about you in Spain, but yeah, girl. I, mean, I can't stop thinking myself in Spain. Uh, <laughs> but th- so we uh, have gotten to do some really cool shows with our band. And uh, one of the bands we performed with not that long ago was this band called This Way to the Egress. Oh, they are so amazing. freaking amazing. It was the most fun show we'd been doing in a long time. It was so fun. There's mm-hmm. an accordion. There's a tuba. It's great. Uh, head head banging, head, head banging tuba player, yeah, <laughs> tubaist, tubaist. Um, <laughs> but uh, Sarah, the one of the ladies in the band who is incredibly talented mm-hmm. and writes and performs mm-hmm. and sings and plays piano and the accordion and all the things, uh, she wrote us an email and I thought this was cool. So she wanted to sort of commiserate and had a question for us. Um, so it's a long email, so I'm just going to kind of summarize. So she, um, the first thing that had happened to her is that they were at this uh, event that they play every year and the guy that promotes the event was wearing lederhosen as one does uh, <laughs> and he was walking around and he, he said he'd reserved his like dick flap you know there's like a flap on the front of lederhosen uh-huh. uh for beautiful women as he put it um and she was kind of caught off guard when he was like can you sign my flap and she said she started kind of signing and instantly regretted it. And then that whopping 60-second interaction, I had about a million thoughts, most of them being, I want to punch this guy in his flap. <laughs> should, I, <laughs> should I write something like, wow, I've never seen one so small, or incels unite to get my point across about how, in, how inappropriate it seemed, yet I didn't. Partially because of my conditioning to always play nice as a woman, partially because this promoter hires our band every year and it's a massive source of our income, and I didn't want the band to lose that. Mm. Um, and partially because I was still shocked that he was even asking me to do that. Uh, and she regretted doing it and then she said the band was really supportive and was like look if you needed to say like fuck off to that guy and we lost a job we would be behind you 100% that's amazing and that doesn't surprise me because that band is so cool and everybody's so great but that's really really it does Mm -hmm. surprise me because that doesn't always happen where you have other people like understanding that especially when it comes to money and stuff yeah for sure so that was the one example that she had being on the road as a woman. And then the other one uh, I thought was interesting. She said, uh, one other circumstance before my question is that we opened for the Dresden Dolls, who is like <gasps> one of my favorite bands. I love <sighs> that band. 
and during our set up, uh, the sound tech went to our trombone player to ask him some questions, and he passed the sound guy off to me, and I introduced myself and began to give him the rundown, and he wouldn't look at me in the face. And every time I told him something, he would double-check it with our trombone player as though I may have been mistaken or like I didn't know what I was talking about. I wanted to grab him by the chin and tell him to suck on a stone, but, <laughs> and, but I didn't, again, because, it, you know... Um, she feels like she can't say anything. And it struck me as so ironic that um, we were the opening act for a band who's fronted by a woman and a feminist at that. Mm-hmm. And I was getting shunned by a sound tech because I have a cooter. Uh, so her question then was, how do you deal with sexism as musicians, performers in a heavily male dominant industry? And have you, if your experience has been similar? And if so, <laughs> how do y'all cope personally and handle them professionally? I oh, mean, we've we've definitely experienced it. Uh, we get very angry, but we remain calm. Yeah, we had one of our first experiences, I think, that was like where I really was like very aware that we were women. I did not know what to do about it was when we were in the Joshua Tree area. We we're at Pappy and Harriet's and the venue was cool. They were Super all cool. cool mm-hmm. But the patrons were very drunk. And we were like selling merch and they were getting really, oh, really right. handsy and like touching us a lot. And we were sort of new to like meeting people and you didn't want to be rude because they were like buying things from us. Right. But at the same time they were touching us in a way that I was becoming increasingly uncomfortable with. And, um, I think we kind of lucked out where I think someone was like, do you need like a, some guy to, didn't we have some, or maybe there was nobody at that one. I don't think that there was anybody because that's when we started requesting if we could have somebody just check, check in on us. That's right. Cause we really felt unsafe. I really didn't know what could happen during Mm -hmm. that. I didn't know if someone was going to, reach up our skirt or I just didn't really mm-hmm. know. I was very uncomfortable and I remember not feeling like I was able to say like hey dude back the fuck off you know right I feel like now we've had enough experience where we can be like what, what do you think get your hands off of me right we can shake hands we can talk and we can you know sign something you want to buy something that's great but mm-hmm. that I'm not you don't own me now because you bought a $10 CD right you know what I mean right so that definitely has happened to us and it's hard I remember when we did that one gig um, it was when uh, I think it was in Colorado uh, Lucas Nelson was opening um, and we were the other openers and Les Claypool was headlining and we walked into the venue first and immediately one of the guys was there in the lobby and he assumed that we were groupies like we were on the bus because we had just gotten off of Les Claypool's bus and he was just, he treated us like dirt. Right. And, um, then I was like, excuse me, um, are you, where's the sound? Who's, who's running sound today? Or, and he was like, that's not any of your concern. I'm like, like, well, it is. is. I'm actually one of the, you know, the support acts. So like I need, we need to know. You have to do sound check. And he was like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah, we're opening, we're opening the show tonight. Who is your sound guy? Right. You know, yeah, and he was so rude to us. Right. And then, but that after our show, I remember he came up after and he was he did apologize. That's nice. At least he apologized. Yeah, but that's a common thing too. Like a, a theme with the like with in terms of the sound guys is like all the time people like don't take us seriously and they like kind of are like they're kind of dicks to us when we're doing sound check and all that and they can be difficult and now half the time they don't really know what they're doing. They even. mansplain. All the time. Everything. And we've been doing this for 10 years. And I'm sure this is what Sarah's... I'm thing. sure. Is, she, she's she been doing it for even more. And she's the leader of this huge band. Right. You know? So, like, to have a, a man... And no offense to, to sound people. Like, I'm, I we've assume... A lot of wonderful sound people, Wonderful. Too, so yeah. But, like, some of these experiences 
have just been completely unnerving and, and it just the amount of rage that comes up because we have been doing this for a long time. And no, sir, I don't need you to tell me that my ukulele doesn't plug into an amp or whatever. It's like, well, yes, you know, it's like, yeah, it does. It's an electric one. Right. Here's Shove the, it. Here's the <laughs> orange. Know? The, uh, the other thing too is that I, um, but what was always the case was like, they'd be kind of dicks to us on these tour with, especially when we were touring with Les and like they loved Les and they didn't really take us seriously. And then after our set, they would be the first people to be like, man, you guys are so cool. And I'm like, yeah, well now we hate you. <laughs> right. We could have been buddies, but like you were, you know, you're an idiot. So right. also I had a sound guy blow my eardrum out in mm-hmm. K- uh, Kansas once. And so I'd never forget. Yeah. Marsha Belsky does so. a comedian friend of ours. I think we've mentioned her before. She does have an incredible comedy song uh, about oh, yeah, sound that's true. guys. That's really good. Yeah. Um, so yes, Sarah, we totally feel you and, you know, good getting those like stories out because people just need to know, like to not act like dicks. Right. But like we did in our, um, you know, apologizing episode, it's just, it's all about refraining. I mean, it's all about reframing how you speak to these people too, you know, like, cause I feel like sometimes we go into a venue and like try to be really nice and not apologize, but like, oh, okay. But I like the idea of saying like, I'm not an expert, but I have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. Why don't you try this? Right. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I'm not a, I'm, you know, rather than I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, I I don't know. It worked last night. I don't know why it wouldn't work in your venue. Right. (laughs) Probably because your DI is broken. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Yes, Uh, Sarah, we know exactly what you're talking about. I think that just stay strong. All, all lady musicians out there. Yeah. Stay strong. We got to fight. And if anybody has any interest in becoming a sound person and you're a lady, go for it. I know it's probably really inundated with men, but like Mm -hmm. we need more lady sound people mm-hmm. we do not experience a lot of those do we? no and and you know what just then we kept saying sound guy sound guy sound they've guy all been sound guys. yes um, so anyway anyway what are we talking about today we're talking about <laughs> for being forever young forever young i want to be forever young what song is that I don't know. <laughs> oh, you just made it up. No. Oh. Don't you know that? It's like a... I was thinking a Phil Collins song or something. Forever young. Forever young. Oh, yeah. That one, too. Forever young. That's what I was thinking of. Huh. There's probably a bunch of them. Anyway, the point... The reason why there's so many... Yeah, Is because there is so much <laughs> pressure on all of us to be youthful and stay young forever. And if you're over the age of 23, you're mm-hmm. a hag. You're a hag. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're a woman, but also if you're a man, you're old. Right. Well, if you're 32 and a woman, uh, that's when they stop promoting women statistically. Like you're less likely to get promoted if after 30, if you're older than 32. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck we're, that. We're, we're not t- accepting that anymore. No. But no, age is something it's that, not like, acceptable. Yeah. We've been at this for a while and age is something that like, <laughs> we've been at life for a while. We've been here. <laughs> we've been around. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing the band and stuff. Mm-hmm. We've been getting mansplained. By sound people for a long time. For so long. <laughs> I'm not uh, going to say our age, but yes, we've no. been here. Uh, because there's so much ageism, we, we just don't want to talk about our age too much. But um, but it is something that like stresses us out. Uh, I wake up in the middle of the night. I know you do too, just sort of being like, oh God, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and like time is passing me by. And Well, we got that email um, recently about, do you think about it as a performer? And right. yes, we do. I mean, I was reading an article about like the music industry uh, this woman was talking to like a group, like her manager or something. And she said, he asked how old she was. She said 27. And he was like, well, don't pe- don't tell people that because if you're over, th- if you're over 30, it's right. like, it's too late. 
Right. Which and is for so showbiz. Stressful. You're like, what? Yeah. That's not fair. That's you. You can't live life like that. You just. And can't. also, that's not how life works. No. You know, you don't like know everything, and then you know, right? Then you can do stuff. You have to like learn stuff, and then you can write well. Right. I was reading something about how like most poets don't write like their first good poem until they're after fifty, because mm. like you have to live a life. Right. You have to live. You have to love. You have right. to live and um, love. <laughs> yeah. Are there any mm. things? I mean, I'm trying to think like specific things that worry me. I mean, certainly like as a woman, you worry too about like, and we don't. I mean, we're not married, and not we don't have kids yet. And, like mm-hmm. there's that clock that's, that's ticking for yeah, sure. That's definitely and then there. Definitely in terms of like the business. Um, like you were saying, like 32 or whatever is like people won't even promote after 32. So then there's like a fear of like just being like a hold has been before you've even started kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I'm missing? <laughs> well, do you remember your first mom audition? Like, cause there was clearly, yeah. there was clearly like a switch. Uh, so for- full disclosure, I've never been on a mom audition. What? They won't send me out as a mom. I'm, I don't look like a mom. Really? Yeah. Because they say you're too young looking? Yeah. So I don't get huh. Yeah, I've never been. I would love that, though, because there's way more mom roles. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Huh. It's I think not, I got mine like five years ago. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. remember getting the email being like, huh, okay, I guess I'm just switching over from like, you know, cool, you know, grad school student right. to young, <laughs> to hip mom. mom. Well, I know a lot of people have that experience. I've been sort of like, can I do the moms? <laughs> That's, I mean, me. yeah, I think you'd make a good I think I look like a cartoon. I think that's the problem. Uh, I don't even think it's not. I mean, I look young. I, you do I, look I, young, I, yeah. I do look very young. And thank God I'm very young. I'm very, very young. You're Everybody so young. You're 17. Young. Like 17 years old. I'm waiting until your 18th birthday, baby. I'm like, I'm like one and a half years old. But um, <laughs> I uh, but I think more than anything, I look like a cartoon. So people are like, interesting. But yeah. Well, I'm so eager that. then to hear if you ever get that mom. I'll probably just go straight to grandma. Email. Oh, God. <laughs> get grandma there. So I tell you, that is something I'm really looking forward to, is playing those older parts, especially in theater. Because I think in, um, in the, it, you know, I love Shakespeare. I would love to do a Shakespeare play. Um, but I, but those like older queen roles. Yeah. Because um, I would play those in college because was, like, I'm a character actor, or at least like in college, I definitely got like the old woman roles. And I love playing them because they're character roles. But back then, it was like I was this young you know, yeah, 20 year old playing, yeah. but to actually have experience of life and then go back and, and play these roles. I think that would be so neat. And, and especially like I see myself doing film and TV as, as an older actress yeah. too. And there are parts, um, well, Sally field. I mean, she well, is definitely, she's one of my idols and I got to work with her on a thing recently and like just watching her work and she's definitely older and she is still working and the top of her game. And, you know, she's not letting ageism get in the way. I mean, but how much you want to bet I mean, that sure. they, like, it's not, I don't think it came easy for her. Either, oh, I'm Especially I'm that sure. generation. I'm sure. I think the one thing we're a little bit lucky about is, like, there's been, um, and we talked about this when we answered the email last time, but, like, there has been a shift a little bit in, like, writing more things about people a little bit older. I mean, even, like, a show like Sex in the City, that was finally about women in their 30s, at least. Right. That was, like, so unheard of to, like, care about what a woman in her 30s is doing. Um, mm. And But still, a lot of shows are certainly, like, focused toward, like, 20-somethings and, you know. Um, but it's changing. There's definitely a little bit more room for... One of my favorite movies, Something's Gotta Give. Diane Keaton. Oh, yeah. 
Jack Nicholson. But that was like a kind of a breakthrough I know. film too because there wasn't a love story about older people. Right. And I think that that's like the thing that like it just assumes that like older people, your life, like literally there's this like feeling that your life ends at 30. Right. Which is like terrifying. That's a terrifying way to like go through life. Yeah. Another thing I'm looking forward to, wearing linen all the time. <laughs> you can do that now. You can want. I? Sure. In, in Brooklyn. What, wait, you can do whatever the hell you I want. I want to wear my Brooklyn. Birkenstocks and linen. Just do it. I lo- I just love that look, and I always have, but not for me now, but okay, I'm going to work towards it. I love a good full linen piece. Oh, yeah, okay. can't wait. I, I, I'm really excited for that. I mean, I'm also excited. Style, I'm excited for, um, in you know, as a young whippersnapper, I love to travel. Um, and, but I really like to get creative with my travel because uh, I'm, I don't have much money. So, uh, but when I get older, my parents do this all the time now, but they do those tours Yeah. and I'm kind of against, and I mean, if you're young and you're going on those guided tours, more, more power to you. That's amazing. They're very expensive. Um, but also like, I like to kind of curate, you know, what I do when I travel and who I meet and kind of switch up plans last minute because I'm young and bleh. But when I'm older, I cannot wait to go on like a river cruise with all these old people. With all these old people because my parents do it now in their 70s. And it sounds unbelievable. You just show up. Your whole trip is planned. Yeah. And they have wine flowing from the second you get step on board. And and you don't really have to think about it, and and that's not what I like to do they right have now. now. So thank God they just came out with ones for people in their thirties and forties. Same thing, but it's for it's not young young people. It's like middle huh. people, and for specifically for solo travelers. Oh, which is cool. So like they were talking huh. about people really make good connections there. And, you know, See, maybe I would like something like that. Husband, but maybe you also just make some good friends. Uh, and it's, I mean, I looked it up. It's like, and they go to really like adventurous places, uh-huh. like. Um, they had like a Tanzania one and they had like some big mountain climbing one. Mm-hmm. And, but those, they are like kind of expensive. I mean, I, right, I can't afford right. them right now. But it all gets kind of expensive. But those are linen and um, river cruises. That's, That's what cool. I'm looking forward to. That's cool. What are you looking forward to I mean, as I think you get older? I don't think so much about the looking forward to. I'm not really sure where, where I'm going to be. Uh, I don't have a lot of... Like living? Yeah, like where I'll be, where I'm living. I think I have a lot of... I have faith in myself that I'll be doing something neat. But like, um, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most about being older than 22 or whatever the... You know, the right, ideal the age prime. as a woman or whatever. <laughs> right. So stupid. Is it like when I was 22, I found this old like uh, photo album the other day and was like flipping through stuff. And I just was like... First of all, I was so cute and skinny, and I thought I was like horrible looking. Of you know, course. I, mean, I thought I was fat. Mm-hmm. I thought I was horrible, and I hate how much I was in, how insecure I was. I mean, we all have mm-hmm. our insecurities, but man, I know myself so much better now. Yeah, I like really like I like myself. I can stand up for myself more now in a way that I never could have before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that about myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't take the same kind of shit I used to take from other people. Mm-hmm. And I really, really, really like that about myself. And I wouldn't like trade that to like go back to 22 and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, my auditions are so much better now. Right. Because my confidence is so. And I've had all the experience to back it up. Right. Like kind of being in this is sort of like inside talk if you don't like audition or you know if you're an actor but like um like trying to like jump from school where you have like zero real life experience <laughs> right into auditioning in like new york city against like some of the top 
actors in the world mm-hmm. is like a ridiculous feat. I mean, that's like, a, right. you know, and like you have to have this crazy learning curve to even get even even so-so at auditioning, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So my learning curve just took a long time. But also after doing the band and everything and kind mm-hmm. of being like, fuck the industry, mm-hmm. we're going to do our own thing. I like learned so much about what I can do and not and that I that there's not a lot I can't do which is good you yeah know what I mean I think that or at least things that I want to do mm-hmm. and then when I do find something I can't do then I learn how to do it mm-hmm. I don't know and mm-hmm. I don't think I had I, d- I know actually not even I don't think I'm certain mm-hmm. I didn't have the confidence or the um I don't know the, the sense that that was even an option mm-hmm. when I was 22 so like fuck everybody I, I'm happy to be like where I'm at right now yeah. The older I get, the the things that make me the most scared, that's the thing I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to do that now. Right, right. That <laughs> because, whole, like, do the thing that yeah, scares you. Think. Yeah, because those are the things, like, I mean, even when we started the band, that was the most terrifying thing that I could think of oh to do. Oh, my God, it was so terrifying. Uh, to play an instrument and sing a song that we had written ourselves and then be judged by other people. That wasn't something that I came out of the womb being like, I want to do that. Right. But then all of a sudden we found ourselves in Brooklyn doing it. And, you know, and that was where we've had the terrifying. most success so yeah. far in our yeah. lives. We're going to have even more, though, because we're not done. No, um, we're just getting started. And that was when we found this little article about, like, you know, how we're all youth obsessed. It was in the Huffington Post, it was called. There's everything. Here's everything that's wrong with our under 30 obsession. And they kind of hit some points that I thought were like, definitely things that we struggle with but one of the things that stood out to me the most and the thing that i think i I grapple with the most is um all these like 20 under 20 lists 30 under 30 lists Mm. 40 under 40 lists and that like the pressure to be an an insane success before the age of 30 right is like a crazy amount of pressure and the message that it sends is that once you hit 30 if you haven't started your it's all over like it company yeah. that's like changed the world right then you know if you aren't you, mark zuckerberg then, then you are actually like a suck on society and you mm. should kill yourself i mean that's like the, yeah. the that's how much i feel that that's how intensely like i mm-hmm. feel that that it's like you are worthless and you deserve nothing in this world if you can't be you know yeah what are you going to provide by 23 right you know what i mean yeah and that like that kind of pressure is just insane that's an insane thing. Like, and good on these kids that like are able to pull, pull things together like at a young age. That's great, but well, that's not normal. Like, that's right. not everybody can't do that. Good for them to know what they wanted to do in my twenties. I, mean, I didn't know what I wanted with. to do. I mean, I knew I wanted to be an actor and you know make movies and stuff, but certainly didn't know I wanted to be in a comedy band. Yeah, you know, no, totally. This was Plan B, baby. <laughs> yeah, and then also that like that when there's so much stress to kind of like be a big success and sometimes you start going after the wrong things right because like and I know I was worried when I was like 20 I was like oh god if by 30 I haven't done you know if I'm not like Meryl Streep by 30 then I'm nothing mm. like what a first of all what an insane way to think yeah about no something. pressure with yeah, that no pressure and of course like with that much pressure you don't achieve very much I don't right. think right. um but also uh just that like you don't allow yourself to like develop properly right and like right. and then and be like a whole human because mm-hmm. you're like too going worried for about something, yeah. Right. And then I wor- I wonder about like I would love to like do. I mean, I'm not going to do this, but somebody should do like a um an article one day in like 30 years and go back to all those people that were like super successful at 20 and like what happened after. 
Like, did you peak at 20? Ah. There's this song that I love called Tiger Woods, and I won't go into the whole thing, but there's this line in it where he, um, well, this is going to be weird, but there's this line in it <laughs> where uh, this guy, his only goal in life was to go down on Madonna. Oh. He, all he wanted was to go down on Madonna. And then one night in some hotel, he finally went down on Madonna. But then it was like, he went down on Madonna and he was like, what else do I have to live for now? Mm. I went on uh, too young, too young, too soon, too soon. He went down on Madonna too soon. And the idea is that like, if you like, you know, you have these goals in life, but sometimes if you achieve them too soon, then what? Then what? You know, and I think sometimes people, (laughs) so if you want to go on Madonna, (laughs) you you have time. Wow. She's still around for now at least. (laughs) Anyway, that was a weird segue, but or like a <laughs> side note. Who who sings that song? Dan Sorry. Byrne. Dan Byrne. Oh, okay. I yeah. love that song. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but this idea that you don't even get to like live, you know, figure your life out a little bit mm-hmm. because you're so pressured. Well, I thought it was very interesting. I read that um, uh, the first form of discrimination that white men experience is ageism. And especially out in Silicon Valley, because it there's the pressure out there is to is exactly what you're saying is that they are trying to succeed and have their startups, you know, make the millions, be the next Mark Zuckerberg before they're 30. Right. So sometimes these people are show, there might be 27 years old, um, but they show up at these interviews trying to look like a 22 year old. Right. So these guys are showing weird. up with Botox, with hair plugs, right. because they're trying to disguise the fact that they have uh, a wife and kids. Right. So they're, they're, you know, at such a young, young age, 27 years old, they're worried that they're not going to get the job because they're too old. closer. They're too old. Yeah. Right. I mean, but that's like th- that. But and the reason they have to do that is because the companies are hiring are, so young. Right. So right. it's like, and it is, uh, I don't even know. That's so frustrating. Well, Mark Zuckerberg said uh, in 2017, young people are just smarter. So he's but gotten that a lot is of such a young person thing. That's to such say. a young person. Yeah, exactly. And not that he's young anymore, exactly. but like he he's also a fucking moron in right. so many ways, right. like socially. And but so. what a horrible statement to say. You, that, also, that's that not, makes no. It's not true. It's not true. It's just not true. It, I think young people are more in tune. Uh, I think, and actually maybe this will be changing a little bit as we all become a little bit more technically whatever. Right. But I think that like young people tend to be more in tune with like new things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And like when technology changes, they tend to have, they're the first to know about it because they're young and like, it's whatever. Um, but like, I think that that's so we, we as a culture have like fallen apart, fallen away so far from this notion of like being wise and like mm-hmm. real education and like even this article I was sort of reading talking about how like you know anybody can get on Google now and just like quickly learn something in two minutes right so this idea of like going to your elders and like learning from oh, them is kind of like out the window but the truth is like somebody that's lived through an experience is going to have a much more enriching thing to teach you than you're just reading like a little thing on Wikipedia for two minutes, mm-hmm. you know? So right. like you can, right. everybody can, everybody now can be like, uh, you know, a master of none, but like a mm-hmm. jack of all trades, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and that's like, hmm. that's unfortunate. Right. We're, we're right. losing. We're losing that for sure. But I think that there huh. is sort of like, I think there's going to be a sense of like, there's, it's almost like a shell. I imagine it like a, like the youth thing is kind of like this really thin shell of like what people really are. 
It's only the beginning mm. of who we are, you know? And it's like the age that you need to be living through. Like you have to be living your life to like deepen. You right, know? to root, yeah, to root yourself I more remember, into. Yeah, and to like know more about yourself, know more about what life means. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's that thing they always say, like the older you get, the less you know about kind of in a way because you realize how little you really know about mm-hmm. how the universe works. I mean, big, oh, right. your world, context. but your world just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and there's more things to learn. Well, you maybe. realize that there's so much right, to learn that right. it's not learnable. But like, I remember at 19, very specifically at 19, sitting in the car and not like with an attitude, but just sort of thinking about life and thinking like, oh, I did it. I, I know everything. I know everything now. <laughs> And I really Christ, legitimately really? thought, I just thought like, <laughs> I was like, why, why are there wars in, you know, in the Middle East? Like if they just did this, it'd be fine. Like, I don't understand what the problem is and why don't they just do this? And like, I don't understand. Like if I, if I, if I could rule it, I just fix it like this. <laughs> kind of like how Trump is. But, um, huh. I, uh, but I just like really thought I like got it all. And it was because I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm. And then when you start to realize like, oh, life is more complicated than you think. Then you realize like, oh, I don't fucking know anything. Which is good. Which is a good place to be because then you can actually then you're now ready to learn. So Mark Zuckerberg's like comment about like young people know it, know more, they're smarter is like so sad to me. Mm. It just means that to me it sounds like he doesn't know himself at all. Right. He, hmm. You know he's like living on a very superficial level. Then if that's how he really thinks. Hmm. Well, a similar story uh, in high school. I came to my parents and I said, I, f- I figured out how to uh, feed the the starving of the world. And my parents are like, oh, okay, right. let's, let's hear, hear this. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it out. I said, if everybody on this planet donated $3, <laughs> boom. And then my mom goes, uh, I think we, pr- we have that taxes. It's called taxes. <laughs> and it goes back and we, everybody has to pay the taxes. Some people don't want to pay taxes and it depends on the amount of money you make. And it honestly like in in high that's too old (laughs) but in high school i was like right oh because i thought i had figured out how to to but that's kind of how i was feeling yeah i just had a sense you figure out you think you're like oh it's so simple like da 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 and you're like oh wait i don't uh, my experience is not the same as everybody's experience on this planet and like my and i don't know myself as well as i think i do and i don't Mm -hmm. know how things work Mm because i don't know those things yet so um (laughs) the other thing that i really liked uh Mm -hmm. that they said was that uh, apparently um that your biggest breakthroughs in life tend to happen generally they tend to happen in your late 30s so uh, they were specifically referring oh, yeah. to um scientific like studies and stuff so like some a scientist doing research tends to have a lot of their scientific breakthroughs between the ages of like 38 and 41 um and sometimes it's like probably just needing to ruminate on something long enough and some of it might be biology i don't know like having your brain kind of like... Well, Harrison Ford didn't make it until he was 35 when he was picked up for a little-known film uh, called Star Wars. <laughs> yep. 35. Yeah. 35. They've also noted that uh, that genius has been found not to decline with age. So it's not like you get stupider as you get older. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, uh, if anything, you learn more and you, like, have more experience. So. Hmm. Um. Well, I was curious if there was a person that was like leading uh, this, what is ageism and is there, are there activists like trying to take down uh, media or, you know, <laughs> the patriarchy about it? Um, and I came across this woman, Ashton Applewhite, and she has a book called This Chair Rocks. 
which is an interesting title. I love love that title. Yeah. This chair rocks a manifesto against ageism. Cool. And she's older and she she wasn't a writer, but then uh, I guess her... Her parents were both um, in the book business or in publishing, and she just kind of started getting fascinating with this idea of why do people view getting older the worst thing in the world? Right. (laughs) Um, And so she started researching it, and she actually um, found out through um, she actually found out through her research that uh, in your life, it's I think she called it. I might be saying this wrong, but the you factor people, uh, when they're younger, when they're children, they are at their happiest. And then at their end of their life, they're happiest. It's only the anxiety and the fear leading up to the older age that, um, causes us like, you know, being scared of, of aging and stuff. But when you're actually older, that's when you're at your happiest as well. Yeah. There's something too. I does she call it the you factor? Because like your life is so much about your, like you kind of are turned in, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe just because it makes maybe you. I think it's just a you. But, but, well, but there's something to be said too, though, about like how you, when you're little, like your life kind of is about like you take care of yourself. You mm-hmm. don't really like let the outside world like affect you so much. I think by the time you're old, right. you're, right. like, you're like fuck everybody else. Like I'm gonna do me, right? And, like you know, and love my family and stuff, but still be like you know not affected so much by the outside and more mm-hmm. turned into like you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess I just made that up. But well, I like that. It was beautiful, actually. Oh, oh, I bet she'd like that. But um, but she talks about trying to rephrase it rather than saying anti-aging because we see that everywhere. Right. Anti-wrinkle cream, anti-aging cream, anti yeah, anti-this, anti-whatever. But she really wants to change it to pro-aging, to to, to really take away um, that fear of of getting older. Right. Um, and why do people fear it? Because they they fear that they're going to end up in a nursing home. Um, they fear them of dementia, like, you know, but the it's like, she said 4% of, um, older adults end up in nursing homes. So it's actually very small percent. The other thing though, aside from just being afraid of being in a nursing home, I think the big thing we're not talking about is death. Right. (laughs) Death. We do a very bad job in this society, like dealing with death and that how that's, you know, would you want to live forever if you could? No, not at all. What if you could live, what if you could be like youthful in your body work because one thing is like you know i don't want to be like 200 and then be in a body of a 200 year old and i'm like (laughs) that's like right right that's terrible what if you could be like young young for like 200 you know ever forever no because i i am really interested in what is after yeah i was gonna say um because i get so bored here yeah I'd get so bored. But one of my favorite movies, too, is Death Becomes Her. That's such a great one. They're mm-hmm. trying to fight ageism. Um, but no, I definitely would. So would you? No, I think not? no. Yeah. Also, especially if all my friends were like, mm-hmm. I have to think of all these practical things. Like, well, if all my friends are gone, well, that sucks. <laughs> and then also I think about like overpopulation. And it's like that was like yeah. a nightmare. Like no one would go anywhere. But you could be living on like another planet by then. That'd be kind of cool. Just yeah, to see you. Says, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I um but I also agree that like I don't even know that this is all there is. Like we, what if you're like delaying going to the best place ever? Maybe there's somewhere we go Maybe. It's so fun and amazing. Maybe. But the way that she would say it is that uh you know, what don't fear getting older because of death. You're dying right now. <laughs> to- totally. <laughs> No, totally. Yeah, and so so that's you why you have could to get like hit by a bus or whatever. Yeah, you could get yeah. hit by a bus, but that's why I mean, you really have to live life to the fullest every single day, right? And be present and be mindful, and you know, find that sort of peace within. And I really struggle with that because 
sometimes I live in the past and sometimes I'm so concerned about the future that I forget to live in the moment. Right. And well, that's the most important. They say that living in the past is like depression. Uh-huh. Living in the future is anxiety. Right. And that that's the present stuff that's important. Yeah. Also, like, I had one of those, like, moments when I was falling asleep the other night where I was like, <laughs> oh, right. Because I was, like, panicking about, like, what am I doing with my life? And, da, 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 and yeah. what am I next move? And I'll procrastinate stuff. Like, I'll have a project I want to work on, but I'll procrastinate because I'm like, is it even worth it? And I don't know. I mean, I just go oh, of course places. But um, I had that moment the other day where I was literally laying in bed and I was like, oh, this is my life. This is everything. Right. Lying in this bed right now is the present. This is all I have. There's mm-hmm. nothing more. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, if you're not in the right mindset, that might sound depressing, but it's not. It's just, it is what it is. Like right, right now, my, my my right now isn't in that bed. And I'm thinking about that. My right now, right now is sitting here yeah, talking, talking to, you. to you. And like, you know, that's all we have right now. Right. Luckily right now in this moment, I would be appeased because we're creating something. <laughs> but <laughs> That's true. That's the artist. Like, ugh. yeah. Um, but so with this woman, um, I do encourage people check it out. This chair rocks, uh, a manifesto against ageism, but the neat thing that she has on her website, she has a place called, yo, is this ageism? And people can write in and just ask, like, is this ageism? Um, because it is a little bit confusing of knowing like, well, especially with marketing. Um, so an example of this, somebody wrote, uh, wrote in. Evian has a new campaign and what it says is I want to blaze trails. I want to hashtag live young. Hmm. So somebody wrote that in to be like, Hey, is this uh, ageism? And she wrote hashtag live young. Evian really trailblazers come in all ages. I turned 67 yesterday <laughs> and living means aging. Living young really means stop the clock. A foolish and futile aspiration, especially for people who want to blaze trails. Totally. So it's such a that's a simple example yeah. of that. Well, that makes me think, too, about how like this notion again, like again, constantly pushing this idea that you have to be like 30, before, you know, to you know, if you haven't made it by 30, you never make it or you haven't made it by 40, mm-hmm. you never make it like so many people. How old was what's her name when she wrote Harry Potter? I mean, wasn't she oh, like yeah. much older? Yeah, and there's people that really don't. I mean, Julia Childs is another person that like right. really didn't start become. She had like a whole other life prior to that. Right, it's really cool. And like, so if you have a impulse to try something or do something, like don't worry about your age. About right. it. just do it anyway. Yeah. And also, like, just because something's never been done before, mm-hmm. why can't you be the first? Mm-hmm. You know. So right. like, if there's like some punk band or something, oh my god. I know what I want to talk about. Oh, there's this uh, <laughs> rap duo, this rap group called um, Pete and Bass that are from England. And they're these like two dudes. They got to be like in their 60s or something. And I guess like uh, the like rap world is notoriously ageist. So like the fact that like Jay-Z is still kind of like up there. He was kind of the guy that was sort of trailblazing like older rappers, but even him, like he's been so famous for so long. Right. Like, of course he can hang in there. He has so much money. He can do whatever <laughs> he wants. Um, but like the, the idea of older rappers kind of sneaking in later in life, the industry has not been very welcoming to oh. older rappers from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's these two white English dudes, uh, Pete and Bass. They are, they go hard they go real hard. They're amazing. They're <gasps> really good. People, there have been people have been shocked at how good they've 
are coming up their rhymes and stuff are really great. Uh-huh. I don't know where they're getting their beats from, but they're really amazing. Um, and they're just two old dudes that just, and they had never really, I think that the story was something along the lines of like, oh yeah, I heard like a rap song and we were like, that's neat. We we like that song. Why don't we try something <laughs> oh like that? Oh my gosh. It was just like that. And they, they also, I think one of them just got out of jail and stuff. So they're kind of oh, like tough oh, guys anyway, but they definitely, uh-huh. like, they, they are like the real thing. Cause they're talking about like rough t- tough stuff but they're actually living it and they've actually lived the life to like right. back it up they know what they're talking about because yeah. they've lived it so they've really like started like blowing up a little now they're doing like concerts like li- i'm always like oh are they too old to be in like a live no they're fucking pounding beers and like doing shots and like, right they're living the life full blown full out um and they started it like in their 60s right wow that's cool it's really cool huh well i wanted to talk about internet sensation Batty Winkle. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of her? Absolutely. <laughs> this woman, she came across my Instagram a couple years ago, and I was like, who on earth? So basically, it's this woman she's known for like wearing crazy clothes, and she's she just turned, I think she turned 92 this month. That's, 92 that's years crazy. old. And so I've, I follow her on Instagram. She has um, millions of followers at, at this point. She's... Uh, Partnered with different brands, Smirnoff Ice. Um, uh, she did some concert recently, like with she, Katy Perry or something. No, she was, was in. It? She went to Coachella and was with um, Casey Musgraves. Oh, that's yes. What it was. Yeah, she came out on stage. I mean, so what happened? So I was like, where did this woman come from? Right. What's her story? So basically, um, she uh, is from Knoxville, Tennessee, and she she lives there now. Uh, but she, for a, I guess. 15 years ago, maybe, no, not 15 years ago. I think uh, 20, 20 or so years ago, her husband passed away and then her son passed away. So she was saying in an interview I watched that for 15 years she lived in grief. She lived out in the country um, and just mowed her own lawn and she had people come visit her, but she really just stayed to herself. And then one day she was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so she moved into town and she also has all these grandchildren and great grandchildren. And so one day she was hanging out with one of her great grandchildren who dressed her up in like a cute tie dye short, um, uh, cut off shorts look and like took her picture and it went viral and Rihanna started following her. Oh, and then it started, um, then other people started following her and then inviting her to events. And so then it's kind of a family affair. Her, her grandchildren help dress her. One of her other grandchildren like runs is her manager. Um, and together they have this Instagram following. And, but the thing that's so incredible about her is just her positivity of like, again, like you have to live every single day to the fullest. She'd suffered from, such tragedy of losing a son and losing her husband and like lived in that grief. And she could have just let lived in that for the rest of her life. Right. But she really just decided not to. Yeah. And so I, I just think, yeah. You know what, what you I say? like the most about that story? What? Is it like, I feel like I've been kind of like coming out of this, like I went through like a really rough, like couple years, a couple years ago where just like personally, like my life was just like not in a good place. And was like really struggling with all that. And I think that like sometimes I lament those like three years that I feel like I kind of like lost to mm-hmm. some degree. Mm-hmm. And I think like, God damn it. Like, why did I let myself get to that place where I was like losing time and like whatever. Mm-hmm. But then to think like, you know, she spent 15 years in yeah. that place, you know, and for real with really big things, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, I bet you she doesn't 
she might regret that time. I don't really know. But more importantly, like it didn't, she still moved forward. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter how long she had been in that space. Mm -hmm. She still made the choice to move forward. And that's the defining moment of like Mm -hmm. living, deciding to live. Yeah. So if anybody's out there who like is really lost right now and does not know what their next step is and, Mm -hmm. and they feel like they're behind or they feel like they don't have like a shot at anything. It's too late for them. Like it's not like, no, you can just, and I think the other thing is like, it does not happen overnight. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, for her, it did. She kind of had this, like, lucky thing. Sometimes it does. Sometimes right. It right. But also, there's nothing wrong with just, like, starting to take steps mm-hmm. towards the thing you kind of want to try, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, it can, it can you, normally, it'll take a little while. But, like, I'm not in the same place I was in, mm-hmm. you know, a year ago. Um, because I sort of, like, decided one day, like, enough of this, right. you know? I'll, enough like, of this. I'm not too old. I'm not too, mm-hmm. you know, like, my life isn't over yet. I can mm-hmm. still do things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a big thing, my older sister says this all the time. I'm too old for that. I'm too old to stay out. I'm too old to drink, you know, rosé spritzers all night. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> You're just getting started. I, I, I've, ref- I've removed that phrase from my language. Yeah. I do not say that because I am not too old for anything. Right. I, you know, my, I go back to my great aunt Betty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great aunt Betty. A fun story about her. She loved to skydive. Now, she's 103 years old. In her 90s, uh, she was supposed to be on the Today Show. They had found out that this woman in her late 90s, she was almost, yeah, she had almost turned 100. So I think she was like 98, 98, 98 or 99 years old. And she was going to skydive because she just, all of a sudden in her 90s, she learned that she loves skydiving. Yeah. And so they were going to do... Um, a full story on great aunt Betty jumping out of planes at 90 years old, living life to the fullest. Uh, but then I think like nine 11 happened or something oh, that day or yeah, some, some, so. some huge news right. story. And so they couldn't, you right. know, but she still jumped out of the plane. Now she's 103 and she doesn't do that anymore. She can't, she, her hips will pop off, but so she is too old for that. But, it's she, okay. is, but she was, but she like was doing it way late. And yeah. She, and she was a great. huge inspiration for so many other people that then started to jump out of planes as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I want is to get people to just yeah, jump, out, just jump, out, of jump out of planes. But I, really I mean, great. it's, she's it's, really awesome. Yeah. I I, I've just been very lucky to have these like badass women in my life that are like, you know, well, I had a grandmother Lived who had fullest. survived the Holocaust and like gone right. through a lot of like tragedy in her life. And, um, she died at 95, but she had this thing where I remember it about when she was about 90, uh, she would like, t- she lived in Queens, New York and mm-hmm. she would like take me out to dinner sometimes and stuff. And she'd meet me like in Manhattan from Queens. Like she was on the subway doing her wow. thing. I remember like one of the last times we went out to dinner before she moved into a different area, she was like, um, she, I was saying something like, well, what's your next step? Cause she was thinking about moving closer to her son and all these things. And she was like, well, uh, I was thinking like this year I might like start packing up. And then in the next four years, then when I'm up in this part of the town, like then I'll be doing this. And then the, in 10 years I'll be doing this. And then maybe in 15 years I'll be over mm-hmm. here. And so she was like planning for way down the future. Mm-hmm. And she had no intention of slowing down at that time at all. Mm. And I thought that that was, I was like, that's the key to like living a long, mm-hmm. happy life mm-hmm. is that like, like you always have plans. Mm-hmm. You always have something coming up. You're not just like resigned to like, I guess I'm just going to die soon. She like kept herself busy and kept herself. She always had goals and things. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, she died at night. We always say that she died at 95 um, because she was, she just was done. She's like, she I did done. it. I, I kind of, she had her big 95th birthday that she planned and organized. And then <laughs> she was just sort of like died kind of shortly after that. And it really felt like a choice. 
Wow. Yeah, she just was like, she was oh. like I had my party now. I'm, yeah, I'm a big I'm party gone. and I did what I needed to do mm. and I think I'm ready. Hmm. And I think that that really was kind of her thing. And I think that is like so awesome. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Well, I, you know, change your language. You're not too long, very, too young. Very good. You can do anything you want. Not too young, you know, not too old. Dust, dust yourself off and, and live life to the fullest every single day. Yeah. Um, if you have sto- stories like that, maybe I'd love to. We'd love to hear them. My gosh. Yeah, uh, yeah something that, that you really took a chance on and, you know. You can send them to a Difficult Women Podcast at uh-huh. gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Please send me the correct email, that one right there. Yeah. Uh, and also tell your friends and let them know about this podcast. If you're enjoying it, uh, I'm going to get more people's ears on this. Mm-hmm. Mother. Yeah. Here's a song. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Gotta be